Thanks for tuning in to the Three Strands podcast. You're about to hear an episode from our Sunday morning worship service. To learn more about Three Strands, visit our website, threestrands.church. Glad you guys are here. Um, Like I said last week, a couple of these topics that we're going to teach through from God's Word might feel like they don't apply to you. Uh, In fact, I asked one teenager specifically after church last week if they heard anything that they thought applied to them, and they were like, nah, nothing. They're just talking to married people. So he clearly missed that whole part where I was like, hey, this could apply to all of us. But so um, same thing applies today. We're going to be talking about parenting. um, But if you're here and you're single or you don't have kids yet or your kids are already out of the house, you're an empty nester, this is still for you. This truth still applies to you. Um, There are many grandparents who are parenting, many aunts and uncles who are parenting, um, many people who don't have kids or are kind of de facto set up as parents in some kids' lives, especially in our culture today. Lots of foster kids, um, lots of kids without parents, lots lots of kids without parents in their lives. And so these principles are true for everybody. And if you're here and you just don't have kids yet, you're just whatever, you're too young or you you haven't had kids yet, it's like, it's easy to tune this stuff out, but just like I said um, last week with marriage applies to parenting today. The day you're at the hospital and you give birth to your first child, you don't instantly get like a magic spell cast on you and become super parent, okay? And so uh, most of this stuff is stuff that if you want to be a good parent someday, you should be working on today. And, and the truth is like if you're dating somebody and thinking about marriage um, down the road and having kids with them down the road, like you want them working on this stuff now. And if they're not, run. Like run, even if you're on fumes, run. You know what I mean? Like look for somebody that's running after this kind of stuff we're talking about today. And um, no matter how good they look or how funny they are, you want somebody that's running as hard as they can after Jesus. And so uh, this stuff applies to everybody. Be on the lookout for this stuff in your own life. Be on the lookout for this stuff um, in the people you're married to or the people you're dating or the people you have relationships with moving forward. This is the kind of stuff you want to be true um, in them and in you. And so uh, James Dobson, I don't know how many of you know James Dobson, but he um, founded Focus on the Family. It's an organization that just primarily focuses on strengthening and encouraging families, marriages, parenting relationships, brother, sister, all that stuff. And so um, he's no longer doing that, but um, that uh, he's put out several books over the year. We have one of them in the back, I think. There's a whole set of books in the back today that are just like devotional books for your family, um, resources if you want to know more about being a better parent, how to discipline, how to teach my kids God's word. All those in the back um, today are just resources that connect with what we're teaching today. And you can have any of them you want for a buck. They're all just a buck. Some of them cost us 10 bucks. Some of them, some of them are 20 bucks. Some of them are five bucks. But for you today, they're all just a buck because we want something for you We don't want something from you. And so on your way out, if you want to take this study further, we can't deal with everything the Bible has to say about parenting today in 40 or 45 minutes, but you can pick up something on your way out and study it deeper on your own if you want. But in one of the books that James Dobson wrote, he wrote this phrase, parenting is not for cowards. And I love that. It's almost like the overriding theme for me today because it takes a lot of courage to be a good parent. It's easy to be a parent like the rest of the world's parenting. It's easy to let your kids run the show, do whatever they want, get whatever they want, become spoiled brats, and then just blame it on culture, blame it on your church, blame it on the school system. 
instead of stepping up to the plate and acting with courage and parenting your child. And uh, there's people all over our church. They don't know this. They don't think like this probably. But it's like, um, I just want to point some of them out that have been on my heart this week. There's Lee in the back. He's on his phone right now texting his wife. I don't know what he's doing on his phone, but his wife's at home because their child's sick, right? There's a lot of that going around the area right now. But Lee, can't you remember that time when you just didn't want to be here? You just didn't want to come. And here comes Jessica all by herself. And there were some dark days, right? There were some tears. There was some heartache. There was some like, I don't even know if I should be with him. I don't even know if this is what's right for me. And then just keeps coming faithfully, keeps plugging away, learning God's word, keeps putting stuff into practice, keeps inviting people. And then in trots Lee with all of his beauty one day. And then God just got a hold of his heart. And then Lee keeps parenting his kids. And Lee keeps inviting other people. And now they got like this whole section. Opie, I know you're not in their family. I'm just saying like, but there's like this trickle-down effect when you start to do the right thing, start to live God's way. Allison's not in here right now. Where's Lily? Allison's not in here right now. But I did ask her if I was allowed to talk about her in church today. She's in the kids' class today helping out. But Allison came here for a while all by herself. Her mom didn't come. Her dad didn't come. Her sister wouldn't come. Her other sister wouldn't come. Her little tiny brother and sister weren't coming. It was just Allison sitting here. And God got a hold of her heart. And then she took Jesus by the neck and smacked him around a little bit and walked away, right? But then thankfully, like, life happened, and she came back and uh, started inviting her sister. And then Lily started coming with her. And Lily decided to follow Jesus. You can say, well, that's not Allison's job. That's her parents' job. Well, sometimes it's our job. And that's okay. Now sometimes they bring their little tiny brother and sister and they go to our kids' class and it's like, well, that's mom and dad's job. I get it. It's mom and dad's job. It's somebody else's job. It's responsibility. I get it. But sometimes it's all of our job, right? Look at Cadence in the back, just sitting there in all of her glory with the rest of her family, with some of her family, right? Because uh, Samantha's in the kids' class today too. Everybody's in the kids' class today, right? But she's back there and there's like four generations of their family represented because she won't stop hounding them to come to church, right? It's like it doesn't matter if you're 13 or 31. doesn't matter if you're 10 or 100. Like these principles from God's word of how to encourage people, challenge them in the right areas, grow them up in their faith, um, kind of get them or, or motivate them to take another step of courageous faith, they can apply to any age group, any person in the room. So one of the things I want to do today is stick pretty close to my notes. I spent a lot of time kind of writing out specifically how I wanted to say some stuff because my greatest concern for today is that there would be parents who are here who would think that I'm preaching at them, okay? And I was thinking about them whenever I was writing some of this stuff down, and I promised I wasn't doing that, and I I don't want to veer off into like what I know of some of you because some of you are like my friends, and some of you I know a little bit more than I know others, But I want to just give you God's truth for parenting. I believe parenting is one of, if not the most difficult, difficult challenges of life. But also one of the most important jobs we have. I don't even know if there is a, maybe it's the most important job. And everybody here needs this information because all of us are influencers. Whether you recognize it or not, there's a cousin or a niece or a nephew or a grandkid Or a kid who still checks you out even though you think they're too old to really care what you think anymore. 
Everybody's looking at you and you have influence over the people in your life. And what's needed for almost all of us is better biblical parenting. And biblical parenting is unlike just regular parenting. Biblical parenting is all about leadership. It's not about friendship. Your, your kids and your nieces and nephews and your grandkids, they don't need a 30, 40, 50, 60-year-old friend. What they need is a 30, 40, 50, 60-year-old leader to show them how to live life, to show them how to be successful, to show them what it looks like to live God's kind of life. And it's exhausting. Everybody who's here as a parent or has been a parent knows that running on fumes is what it feels like a lot of times as a parent. You think you're ready because you've seen it on TV or you've seen other people with their kids and if they can do it, surely I can do it. But the truth is, like, it's exhausting. And very rarely do you want to do the things your kids want to do. I learned that pretty quick. Very rarely do I want to do the things they want to do. I was talking to Opie, I think, the other day about, like, a kid's movie they were watching. I can't remember what it was, Cars or something like that. And it was like, yeah, you know, those kid's movies, they're all, like, really good. I like them the first time. And then your kid wants to watch them for like the 88th time. You're like, oh, goodness, here we go again. I can only watch so much Monsters, Inc. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, on to something else. But they want to watch them over and over again. It's like, rarely, but they want you to watch them with them. They want you to be around them. They want connection with you. And it's like, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to talk with them sometimes because they don't talk right. They don't form complete thoughts and sentences sometimes. They say things, let's just be honest, like don't make much sense and like, you know, if you were being harshly honest, they wouldn't get a good grade in grammar. But it's like, you're to their parents, so you're loving on them. So it's like, it's exhausting, but you kind of like put in the work. That's how everybody feels. You're not alone. I just want you to know today, like everybody feels like that. Even the good, the best, the top line parents, they all feel that way because it's hard work to be a good parent. It's hard work. And I want to encourage some of you who are here who are teenagers, who are just young adults, and like don't have kids yet, like, man, work on it now because it's, it's hard. Like, you're literally like two days in wanting to quit and give them back sometimes. Seriously. I remember like we had Sydney, our first kid, and we thought like, you know, we're a little older. We didn't have kids super young. We're like, we're probably ready for this. <laughs> we, we, we were not ready, you know? And they come into the room. I just want to suggest this to all, like, future parents. But, like, they come into the room and like, hey, do you want us to take your child out of the room and put them in, like, the whatever baby unit or whatever for the night so you can have, like, one good night of sleep? And some parents were like, no, I don't want to be away from my baby. And we were like, yeah, take them. Because by then we were, like, exhausted. And uh, that's a great move. Take that night because that will be the last night for, like, a long time of, like, real sleep. And so we send her away for that night. They bring her back the next morning. We're like thrilled to see her. We're loving on her. It's like the greatest thing in the world. We're ready, you know. The crib was set up because I had to go home and set the crib up because we forgot to do that ahead of time. We had the go bag with us. We had everything you need, the car seats in the car. We were ready to roll. And they were like, you're, we're discharging you, letting you go. And so we pack up little Sydney in the car seat. We get her out to the car. We, you know, buckle her into the car and all that. And we're pulling out of the hospital in Somerset. We're pulling out of the parking garage. And we're at the stop sign at the end of the parking garage. And she starts crying. And we didn't know what to do. And we were like, what do we do? We went back. Like, we thought we were supposed to go back. Like, something must be wrong 
right? And then, of course, you get to, like, the second kid, like, Logan, we're going home from the hospital. We're, like, stopping at Walmart on the way home, you know? It's like, you just don't know anything. And so it's like, but, like, literally, we were terrified, right? And so, like, we're, like, pulling back into the hospital. Like, is something wrong? We got her buckled in too tight. We're checking the harness. Like, what did we do wrong, you know? And it's like, parenting's hard. I don't care how many books you read or podcasts you listen to. It's still going to be hard work, but that's how it's supposed to be. It's okay. We have all kinds of stuff in our life that's hard work, but we still want to do it. I love how God puts it in Psalm chapter 127, verse 3. This is what he says about children. He says, they're a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him, but it's still hard work. But we have all kinds of stuff in our life that's like rewarding, but it's hard work to get to it. You go out and you buy yourself a new boat, and you're thinking to yourself like, oh, I can go fishing. I can get out on the lake and just relax, enjoy the good life. And then all of a sudden you realize like, oh, every time I want to go fishing, I got to load the boat up. I got to take the boat there. I got to unload the boat. I got to park my trailer somewhere. When I'm done, I got to winterize it for the winter. There's maintenance to do. I got to make sure there's gas in it. It's a lot of work to take care of a boat. Of course, you could give the boat back or sell it. You can't, give, you can't do that with kids. But all kinds of things are like that. Swimming pools are like that. You think, oh, swimming pool, we're going to live in luxury. I'm going to float around and enjoy the warmth of summer. Until you realize it's like you're spending almost as time cleaning and caring for the pool as you are enjoying the pool. Your first house is like that. You think, oh, I'm going to get a house. Landlord's not going to tell me what to do anymore. I'm going to move in, just sit back and live the good life until you realize almost every day something needs fixed. Something needs cut, something needs repaired, something needs worked on. A house is a lot of work, but it is rewarding, right? Thanksgiving's coming up in a couple weeks. I love Thanksgiving dinner. And you think, like, man, I love just to sit around, eat Thanksgiving dinner. But anybody who's an adult knows that, like, that enjoyable, relaxing meal takes hours of preparation ahead of time. And then it takes, like, hours of cleanup afterwards. I'm sweating, and we're, like, about to eat Thanksgiving dinner. I'm like, is this... This is the reward, and it is rewarding, but there's work with it. Parenting's just like that. It's okay. It's okay for something to be delightful and difficult at the same time. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean you're not qualified. It just is what it is. When you go to the hospital to have your kid and you know that it's time to get there, you don't walk in the doors and the nurses and the doctors don't say like, welcome to the hospital. Are you ready for your reward? If they did, you probably smack them. No, they say, looks like you're in labor. Like, they know it's going to be work, right? But that's okay. That's what parenting is. It's a lot of work and reward, work and reward. That's okay. The problem is most parents just want the reward, and they don't want the work. And if they do the work, they kind of do the work they want to do, not maybe the work that actually God says to do. That's the problem. So let me do what I've done Last week, and I'll do in the next couple weeks too, let me give you some indicators you might be running on fumes as a parent. These are all feelings, but you can do a little self-checkup, see if any of these relate to you, see if you feel any of these. Nobody's going to ask you about it afterwards. You can just evaluate yourself. Here's the first one. You ready? You feel alone. You might think things to yourself like, nobody understands. Nobody seems to be helping me out. Why isn't my spouse or the church or the school district doing more? I'm the only one that seems to care. I'm the only one here tackling this whole thing. You feel all alone. How about this one? You feel exhausted. (laughs) 
Somebody in the back is like, preach, preach. You feel exhausted. You might think to yourself things like, I just want to run and hide. I just want to hunker down in my house and be away from everyone. I'm so wiped out. I'm tired of all of this. And everything feels like a fight. I'm sick of it. Exhausted. You feel uninformed. In other words, you feel like you're out of the loop. You don't know what your kids are thinking. You don't know what they're doing. You're not even 100% sure where they are right now. Right? You feel uninformed. You think to yourself things like, I have no clue what's going on with them. I can't even talk to them anymore. I don't even know what I'm supposed to know to be a good parent. Doesn't seem like I can find the real answers anywhere. Uninformed. Number four, you feel powerless. Powerless. You think things to yourself like, I can't see any way to make any of this change ever. I'm completely stuck in this cycle and I hate it. It all seems hopeless. Powerless. Here's the fifth one. You ready? You feel overwhelmed. You feel overwhelmed. You think things to yourself like, maybe this job of parenting is just too big for me. I'm a complete failure as a parent. I can't do everything and nothing I do try even seems to work. Overwhelmed. If that's you, one or more of those, may I suggest it's possible you're running on fumes in your parenting. But there's hope. That's what we're here for today. To give you some hope from God's word. To show you what you can do to change. To show you what you can do to refuel. To fill up the gas tank. To whether you're the parent who's parenting a child. Whether you're the couple who's parenting a child. Whether you're the grandparents that feel extra tired but you're still somehow involved in parenting the child, whether you're the older brother or sister or the aunt or the uncle, whether you're just the friend that looks out and sees a little kid that needs somebody to love on him, somebody to help him see the right way. There's hope for you. It's like a roller coaster. Just keep that in your mind. That's how it's supposed to feel. It's like this roller coaster of work, 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 reward. Work, 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 reward. And, And you wouldn't even ride roller coasters if it wasn't for the fact that the machine does all the work for you. But parenting, you don't have a machine that comes around and does the work for you. So you just got to work, 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 and then reward. Work, 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 reward. And it's worth it. So let me just ask you guys two questions today. I'll come back to them at the end. But here's the two questions I want to ask you about work and reward in parenting. What if you're doing the wrong work and that's why you're running on fumes? What if you're doing the wrong work? Here's the second question. You ready? What if you're looking for the wrong reward and that's why you're running on fumes? I want to show them to you in God's word. I'm going to give you some tools, some keys, some tips to go out of here and refuel your parenting tank. Can I do that? Here they are. I got six of them. There's probably a hundred of them. We don't have time for that today. But let me just give you six kind of key things you could go out of here and try to refuel your parenting tank. These are things that everybody ought to be working on on some level. Here's the first one. You ready? Renew your marriage. I know some of you are single. Some of you are divorced. Some of you are single moms, single dads. Some of you are empty nesters. I get it. But just if you're one of those people, just bear with me for a second. Let me just focus on the marriage relationship just for one second. If you want to give your kids a great gift, mom and dad, parents, if you want to give your kids a great gift, 
then give him the gift of seeing a healthy marriage. Because that'll really set him up for success in life. Show him what a healthy marriage looks like. Listen to how Jesus said it. I'm going to show you in Mark chapter 3. These religious leaders are criticizing Jesus because he just cast out a demon. Okay? And they say to Jesus, they're like, ah, you're a demon. They're like, look at him casting out demons. He's a demon. And Jesus is going to be like, that doesn't even make sense. If I'm a demon, why would I be fighting against demons? Okay? So here's what he says. Mark chapter 3, starting in verse 3, says, or verse 23. He says, Jesus called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan, he asked. In other words, why would the devil be casting out the devil? It doesn't even make sense. A kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Okay? Now then he compares it to something. Look at verse 25. He says this. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. Some translations of the Bible say right there, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Right? That's an interesting illustration. And in other words, like, if your children, if you're here today, and your children insist on getting their own way, They throw fits when they don't get what they want. They sneak around and won't be honest about what's going on. If they know more about call of duty than the call of God in their life, I just want to ask you, like, where do you think they learned that? You know? Where do you think they learned that? If you're here and you're single, you're a single mom, single dad, divorced, single parent, whatever, I want to just encourage you, stop trying to do it solo. I think the biggest mistake I see that most like single parents make is like whenever they get divorced or whenever the relationship with the dad or the mom or whoever ends, then they kind of like clench their fists and kind of go like, all right, I'm going to be super parent. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to be the mom and the dad. I'm going to conquer. I'm going to I'm going to be that one that at graduation, they're like, I wouldn't be here without my mama, you know, and all that. It's like, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And so you kind of hunker down in your house and you're like, I'm going to be everything for this child. Where? Stop doing that. You're going to run on fumes. Get, get some help. Recruit some help. I get it that he left you or that she abandoned you. I get it. But you're not alone. It's ironic that God compares the church to a family. If we would swallow our pride and ask for help, if we would stop thinking we have to be everything and just start being what God made us to be, if we'd allow other people to get in on the equation with us, you can't just talk about health. You have to show them health. And as far as parenting goes, like way more is caught than is taught. They need to see you living a healthy life. So if you're the single parent, I want to just challenge you to like recruit some help. If you're a single mom, find some godly men that can pour into your kids. If you're a single dad, find some godly women that you can expose your children to. Don't just huddle up in your house and think you're going to be superwoman or superman. You, you gotta, it does take a team. It does take a village to really raise a kid. And if you don't provide that village for them in a healthy way, they're going to find it in an unhealthy way. So whether you're single or married, this applies. Like renewing your marriage, super important. If all they see from you is fighting and demanding your own way and throwing a fit and doing whatever you feel like doing, that's what they're going to learn. If you're a single parent, you're not going to renew your marriage maybe, but you need to surround yourself with some healthy people. 
for your kids to learn from, to be mentored by. It can't just be all you. You with me? Number two, reconnect with God. So often, I think, when people are running on fumes as a parent, it's because the parent has sucked up all their life, or the child has sucked up all their life, all their energy, all their time, all their attention, and there's no space left for recharging with the Lord. And so you're running on fumes, and I'm just saying, like, you got to reconnect with God. Unless you want a kid that's going to grow up and think that they're the God of the universe, because guess what they're going to think when they get every single second you have? They're going to think they're the God. But they need to see you walk away from them to be with Jesus sometimes. They need to see you say no to them and go sit down in the corner and read your Bible. Do you get it? They need to see you connecting with God. And when you do that, it's going to recharge and re-energize your heart. It's this thing that happens like when you have kids, it becomes so easy to just get completely focused on function and completely forget about faith. And everything just becomes this checklist of tasks that have to get done throughout the day. And they need to brush their teeth and they need to get to bed and they need to get up for school and they need to get their homework done and they need to eat this meal and this meal and this meal and they need to go out and play for an hour every day because I saw that on a commercial, 60 minutes a day, blah, blah, blah. And it's like all these things and you got to do, do, do all these things on this list and God gets pushed out and if he does get included, it's way after they go to bed. And now I can get some time for just me and the Lord and they never see it. They don't know God's important to you. So do you really think they're going to grow up having God be important to them? They need to see Jesus matter to you. They need to hear you say no to them and yes to the Lord sometimes. Do you get it? Psalm or Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 and on says this. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never gets weary or weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I don't know if you could see it in that passage, but like God is presented as this character that never gets tired, that never runs on fumes. But we, even the youngest of us, even the strongest of us, always get tired. But then he ends it up by saying, but those who will trust in the Lord will find new strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not get tired. They'll walk and won't collapse. Do you get it? We sat down with our kids this morning. It has nothing to do with the sermon, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to fit in now because we just did it this morning. And we were reading our family devotional this morning. And I said to him at the end, it was about trusting God. I said, do you guys know what trusting God is? And of course, they don't know. And they may not know even after I tell them. There is no one magic conversation that sets your kids down the right track for life. There's miniature conversations over and over again. I said, do you guys know what trusting God is? And they were like, no, no, neither of them knew. I said, here it is. Here's what it is. You ready? Trusting God is when I want to do one thing, but I do what he says instead. That's it. Doing what God says to do when you want to do it isn't trusting God. That's just trusting you. When I do what God says, even though I want to do something different, that's trusting God. So I gave him some examples. When I want to do what I feel like, but instead I obey what mommy and daddy said, that's trusting God when you're a kid, right? 
When I want to punch somebody in the face because they've been bullying me on the playground, but I turn around and walk away, that's trusting God because he says to turn the other cheek. When I want to keep all of my money for myself, but I take the first 10% of it and I give it to Jesus at church, that's trusting God. So now they're learning. They're not going to remember it. I'm going to have to keep going over it and over and over again. You get it? You need Sabbath. You need rest, parents. You need it. And if you don't get it, you're going to be running on fumes. Jesus said, come unto me, all of you who are tired, weary, and heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. We just talked in Life Group last week about um, the verse in the Old Testament that says, be still and know that I am God. You need times where you're just quiet and still, where the phone is off and the kids can't bother you. And they need to see you sacrifice them for that. Reconnect with God. Number three. Re-engage your kids. Dive in. Be an adult. They don't need another buddy. They need someone to set the standard. So set some behavioral standards. Develop a plan. Try something different. Nothing's working. What else can I do? Try something new. Turn off their phone and open God's Word. Restrict their content and talk about real life instead. Ask them questions and insist on answers. Get on your knees and pray for them. Get on your knees and pray with them. Be clear about it. You can't outsource your child's upbringing. And I want to read this so you don't think I'm like picking on anybody in the room. I want to read you exactly what I wrote in my notes. You cannot outsource your children's upbringing. The church hasn't failed you. The school system hasn't failed you. It's your job and your job alone in God's word to raise your kids. And people don't like to hear that today because we live in a culture where the church is catering to kids. And the school district is literally parenting the community now. Giving them all the food they need, all the resources they need, all the help they need, all the aftercare they need, all the early care they need, all the buses they need. You don't have to do anything. I remember when we were living in Nancy for those two years, I was pulling out of our house to go to work and there was this lady waiting with her kid, I, don't, I guess it was her kid, in the driveway for the bus. The bus comes along. Her car was in the driveway running. The kid got in the bus. I guess it was the last stop. I don't know. The mom got in the car, drove behind the bus, and I passed them both pulling into the school. It's like, why was she, why was that kid getting on the bus? Like, you were going to the exact same place. I don't even understand what's going on, but it's like, you, I'm not saying it's the devil to ride the bus. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like everybody wants to blame everybody else for their kid's upbringing. But it's my job to raise my kids. I'm not going to blame our church. I'm not going to blame our school system. I'm not going to blame my neighbors or the community. It's my job to raise them. Do you get it? You can't outsource it. So stop making excuses for, here you go. You ready? The two things we make excuses for as parents. Stop making excuses for your own apathy and stop making excuses for your kid's defiance because that's what it sounds like from us. There's always a reason why I can't parent. There's always a reason why they're behaving the way they behave. There's always a reason why they don't know enough about the Lord. There's always a reason why I can't do this or do that. Come on, man. Let's grow up. I, mean, I sound like Joe Biden there. Did you hear that? Come on, man. Sorry, in this group, man, people like throw stones at you, say that. 
<laughs> Cracks me up. Do you get it? It's our job to parent our kids. It's not something you have to do alone, but it is something you have to do. And so I re-engage them. I love this passage in Proverbs chapter 27. Now, it, we don't have sheep at home. We don't have like cattle at home. We don't have herds and flocks. We have kids, okay? But listen to this passage in Proverbs chapter 27. Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds. That's my herd at home. That's my herd. That's my flock, all right? It's as close to a flock as I'm going to get. We would not be having any sheep at our house. Goats, nothing. Like, I'm not going to do it. We can't hardly keep like rose bushes alive. So, but I love that phrase, like put your heart into it. It's going to be work. You're going to have to really go after it hard. But know the state of your flock. Know the condition of your herd. Care for them with all you got. And verse 24 says, for the riches don't last forever. The crown might not be passed to the next generation. It's not just going to happen by chance. You're going to have to put your effort and your heart into it. Just because you're the king now doesn't mean your kid's going to be the king. The riches may not pass to the next generation. It's not just going to happen because you want it to happen. Oh, I love Jesus. I'm sure my kid will love Jesus. Not necessarily. 70 plus percent of the kids that graduate high school never step foot in a church again. Why do you think that's happening? Number four, you ready? Redirect their priorities. Redirect their priorities. Show them that Jesus matters. Make spending time together as a family with the Lord priority number one. It doesn't mean you have to go like all nun or monk and go like some Buddhist temple somewhere and just hide from the world. It's not what I'm saying. But show them that Jesus is the number one priority. As a family, we're going to worship the Lord together. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let me read you God's instruction to his people. And you just tell me if this reflects your parenting, the work you put in as a parent. You ready? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Listen, O Israel. Listen, O Christian. Listen, O family. Listen, O kids. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Is that you? Are we talking about Jesus over and over to the people we're around? Do they know more about um, our practice schedule than they do about the Lord? Do they know more about the latest thing, we, the latest movie we watched than they do about what we think about Jesus? Like talk about it over and over and over again. Is that your parenting style? You might be working hard. I'm not saying you're not working hard, but are you working at talking about God's commands over and over and over and over again, writing them down, posting them everywhere, making sure your kids see them over and over and over again, redirecting their priorities? Start practicing a Sabbath day as a family so your kids can see what it looks like to give up a whole day to Jesus. Make family devotional times a habit. Let your kids see you serving Jesus with a joyful attitude. Ask them spiritual questions. Be vulnerable with your own weaknesses. Sing worship songs together. Make a family prayer list. You could list a thousand things you could do. 
to engage your kids every day. Raise your hands if, you've got, if you're here today and you've got kids between the ages of 6 and 10. Between the ages of 6 and 10. Just raise your hands if you've got kids between the ages of 6 and 10. I'm not giving it to you because you get everything in the front row. That's a one-year devotional book. Our family finished it last year. It was just sitting on the shelf. I'm giving that away today. What are we wasting that on our shelf for? So just one page a day. All those devotional books back there at the back, most of them are like one page long. It'll take you three minutes a morning to sit down with your kids, your family, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, or your girlfriend. Do you real? Are we so naive that we think, well, I know they don't want to read God's word with me while we're dating, but I'm sure when we get married, when we have that baby, they're going to be like, hey, let me lead us spiritually now. Are we that naive? Come on. This all applies today. I don't care how cute they are, how funny they are, how warm and fuzzy they make you feel, how much they make you feel like whole inside because they complete you. If they're not interested in Jesus now, getting married or having a baby won't make that better. And if you're here today and you're like, well, we've been married for 10 years. we got three kids already. Like, I never do that stuff. Like, now's the day. If you're not dead, he's not done. So now's the day to start, right? It's never too late. Number five, reset the boundaries. Reset the boundaries. Proverbs 22, verse 15 says, A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. I know it doesn't sound right. It's very politically incorrect. Nobody's talking about it on national politics. I get it. They want you to think you're the devil, but that verse just means you spank your kids. You ready? I mean, okay. I wish we could just sit our two-year-old down and logically reason with them too. But it doesn't work. You're just making brats. We're just making brats. You get it? They're foolish because they're kids. That's what they're supposed to be like. I'm supposed to be the parent. I'm supposed to drive it out of them. So I spank them. Now, if your kid's 14, stop spanking them. All right? Like start disciplining them some other way. But man, when they're little, spank them. I remember when our kids were little, I'll probably get called call from children news services today. I remember when our kids were little, Stephanie was always like, there was this one time when Sydney was like, it's hard to believe because she's so pliable and like respectful now, you know, but took a lot of spanking, took a lot of spanking. And there was this one time when before church on a Sunday morning and she was standing, I remember in the hallway in our bathroom and she would not obey. I don't remember what she was, I don't remember what she wouldn't obey about, but it was like, I spanked her and she's cried. And I gave her like five minutes. She stopped crying. I was like, now obey. And she wouldn't obey. I spanked her again. It was like 10 times, right? Like she just, (laughs) Stephanie was like, I don't know, later. She's like, I don't know. You might be leaving a march. Maybe they're going to show up in my door. Like they may come try to take my kids from me, but I'm not going to stand before the Lord someday and be like, I'll let them do what they want. And so it's like, I just can't. And finally she did it. Like, and you know what I did in that moment? Because I'm not like real mature. So under my breath in that moment, I go, (laughs) I won. <laughs> you got to win. And I'm like, I told, I've told my kids their whole lives, like, I'm going to win the fight every time. And I've told them there's not one place on this earth where you can disobey, disrespect, defy me, and I won't stop whatever I'm doing to spank you. 
to discipline you. And so the whole, like, I'll pull this car over, I've pulled the car over. I've told them before, like, if I'm up front preaching and you're in the back and I see you not obeying, disobeying mommy or disrespecting mommy, I will walk out of the sermon and spank your hind in the hallway. Like, I'm not afraid to stop whatever I'm doing because as soon as they learn there's a place where you won't discipline them, guess where they're going to misbehave? You ever wonder why kids are bad in the grocery store? Not my kids because I'll walk them to the bathroom and take care of it. You get it? They're foolish. It's okay for them to be foolish, but it's just, I got to drive it out of them. I know. Don't go call any numbers on me today. I get it. It's just God's word. Reset the boundaries. It's not too late to reset things. No matter how old your kids are, no matter how long you think maybe you've done it the wrong way, it's not too late to break some of your own patterns to reset the boundaries, the standards, to be clear about the consequences. You might need to go to your kids and apologize. Be like, hey, I'm sorry, I haven't been very consistent. But now I'm going to spank you every time you disobey. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. Right? But you may need to apologize to them and be like, hey, I haven't done a good job of setting clear boundaries. I haven't done a good job of being very consistent with the consequences. That's going to change today. God's convicted me. And that's going to change today. I'm going to start being more consistent. Be clear with them about it. Because letting your kids walk all over you and get their own way all the time is not good for them. And it's draining your tank. And the three areas you want to set up boundaries for, this isn't on the screen, but just disobedience, dishonesty, and disrespect. You can kind of limit it to those three things. Now, disrespect's the hardest one to explain to your kids when they're little. But disobedience... And dishonesty are super easy. Anytime you disobey, anytime, I don't care if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, they still have to obey. If the police officer's wrong, they still have to obey. But then they can come back and we'll deal with who was wrong later. But they don't get to challenge me because I'm their dad. They just obey. And I wish Chase was here because Chase was always the best at being like, oh, what's he say, Kenny, about the delayed obedience is disobedience, right? That was Chase's big thing. Like, delayed obedience is disobedience. So they obey and they obey right away. And if they don't, guess what happens? Anybody know? Yeah, they get spanking. Yeah, all right. Now my kids are about out of that. They're like, they've grown out of that. So now they get disciplined other ways. But man, from like one to six, one to seven, go for it. Go for it. You know, and uh, Stephanie used to say to me, she's like, I'm hitting them as hard as I can. It hurts my hand. I'm like, you better go find something to hit them with then. <laughs> I get it. I'm just going to get a lot of like emails and texts about this sermon. Just save it. I don't want to hear it. I'm not spanking my kids anymore. They're too old for that now. But it's like anytime they disobey, they get spanked. Now, here's the thing about spanking. I know this isn't really like a spank your kids class here today, but I just want to give you this tip, Okay. I learned this pretty early on with our kids. If you spank them hard enough, they will obey. Okay? If you only spank them hard enough to make them angry, they will still not obey. You understand? So I'm spanking my kids as hard as I think they need to be spanked. And then if they still won't obey, guess what I'm going to do? Yeah, a little harder. A little harder. I'm just saying. And I promise you, this is 100% foolproof for us at least, 100% foolproof. At some point, they will break. (laughs) I know nobody likes to talk about it, but I'm just saying like, and sometimes like, they'll break on that. 
you know? And right now, my kids, we don't have the perfect kids. Our kids disobey. They're dishonest. They're disrespectful. They do all the same things your kids do. But right now, like, I don't even have to spank them. Just the threat of the spank, and they'll do whatever, okay? Now all you think I'm like a child abuser. I get it. I love my kids. You got to love on them. They love me, I think. Not when I'm spanking them, maybe, but they love me, you know? But it's like you, you just got to, until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain to change, there will be no change. That's that Carolyn Leaf who wrote the switch on your brain. It's at the back. Until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain to change, there will be no change. Unless your spanking hurts them enough to where they want to quit doing what they were doing, they're going to keep doing what they were doing. You got it? So reset some boundaries. Number six, last one. Restore your support system. Restore your support system. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. If you associate with fools, you don't become a fool. You see that in the verse? If you associate with fools, you don't, that's what it should say. It's like you walk with the wise, you become wise. Walk with the fools, become a fool. That's not what it says. You walk with the wise, you become wise. Walk with the fools, you get a bunch of trouble in your life. Okay, so if you're a parent, you're like, man, I got a lot of trouble. Can't figure this out. My kid keeps getting in trouble. This could help. Start walking with the wise. Restore your support system. Get into a life group with people going through the exact same stuff you are. Ask people for help and suggestions. Don't be so proud to think, I know everything about parenting. Start being honest with others about your struggles as a parent, your failures. Stop trying to hide all the things your kids are doing wrong. Quit making them look like little angels on Facebook when you know they're really little nightmares behind the scenes. You got it? Be honest about the real them. Find a babysitter. I know you think you're the greatest. We all think we're the greatest. But somebody else can watch your kids for an hour or two. You got to find some support system in your life. Listen to a podcast. Take your kids with you to see a counselor. Ask another parent who's a little older than you to mentor you as a parent. You don't have to do it alone. In fact, doing it alone will just suck your tank dry and you'll be running on fumes. That's really all I got for you today. Just some teaching from God's word. You can do whatever you want with it. You're free to go out of here and just have heard it and you're free to go out of it and put it into practice. But let me give you the answers to the two questions I asked you earlier today. What if, what if, what if you're doing the wrong work? What is the right work? Here's the right work. You ready? Here's the right work. The right work is obeying God's word. No matter how I feel. I, I, know, I know I was joking around a lot there. Like, I really hate spanking my kids. I hate it. I've hated that since they were born. I joke around about it a lot because it's kind of funny. But it's like, man, it tears me up when I got to give them a spanking when I got to send them to their room, when I got to take a toy away from them. It, it bothers me. Like Logan, like if Logan knows we're disappointed in him, he'll cry. Like he crushes them. I hate it, but he needs to know it's not okay to disobey. It's not okay to be dishonest. It's not okay to be disrespectful. And so I'm going to obey God's word. I'm going to sit my kids down. I'm going to teach them day after day. This is what God says. This is what God says. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to let them see me loving Jesus. I'm going to get some people around us that can help. I'm going to listen to podcasts. I'm going to read books. I'm going to ask other parents, old parents like Kenny. I'm going to ask them for advice. 
I want to know. Like half his kids turned out okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Maddox. You could have been the half that turned out okay. You don't know. But I'm going to get some people around me. I'm not going to be so arrogant that I think I know it all or I can do it all. I'm going to keep resetting the boundaries as I see new stuff that I messed up as a parent. I'm going to try to be as consistent as I can with the consequences. And keep working on my marriage because I want my kids to grow up thinking I love their mom. Thinking that she's more important to me than they are. Thinking that I'll do whatever. I've sacrificed my life for her. I want them to see that. I want to walk with wise people. I want to drive foolishness out of them. I want to talk about God's commands over and over and over again. I want to keep running to him for rest because I get tired. I want to give it all I got with all my heart. I want to keep my family together, united. I want to surround them with mentors and people that can influence them for the positive. Do you see what we're talking about today? It's work. But it's rewarding. The right work, obeying God's word. The right reward the right reward is receiving God's blessing. Now, here's the problem with so many of us as parents. The, the reward we're looking for is the approval of our kids. I would encourage you to give up on that now. That won't satisfy you. That'll just keep your tank empty. Sometimes the reward you're looking for is the approval of some other group in society. Like if the other moms think I'm doing a good job, then I feel good about myself. If the PTA thinks I'm doing a good job, if the pastor thinks I'm doing a good job, if my spouse thinks I'm doing a good job, then yay me. Whose approval are you after? Because the only one that'll fill your tank up is God's. The only blessing that'll last and satisfy is God's. I'm doing, I'm obeying God's word because I want God's blessing. You get it? I'm not caving to my kids' desires. I'm not giving in to societal peer pressure. I'm not going with the latest trend in pop psychology. Oh, man. I'm not even going to get into that. Somebody told me something this week. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm doing what God says to do in his word, and I'm sticking to it because I want God's blessing. Do you get it? You can change your family tree today. You can rewrite the script moving forward. You can set right all the wrongs. You can start to raise up your children in the Lord. And if you do, God says, when they're old, they won't depart from it. You can change all that today. I don't know which one of those six is you. Maybe you're the perfect parent. But for most of us in the room, one of those six, we need to sharpen. I need to do a better job reconnecting with God. I need to do a better job um, keeping my marriage healthy. I need to do a better job engaging my kids in conversation. I need to do a better job showing them what the spiritual life looks like. I need to do a better job setting some boundaries. I need to be, do a better job plugging into people around me who are in similar life situations and getting advice. Like Maybe one of those things for you sound like, I need to do a better job of that. I haven't been setting the pace. I haven't been leading the way. I've been their friend. I've loved them. I just haven't been doing the work. I've been doing the wrong work. I've been after the wrong reward. I just need to change some stuff about my parenting technique. Maybe that's you. I hope today you'll go out of here and put God's word into practice so that you can receive God's blessing. So I'm going to pray for us. Can you guys close your eyes, bow your heads just for a second? I'm going to pray over us. And then we're going to um, do our closing song today. It's the blessing. It's a good song for this, this um, topic today. And the band's just going to sing that over you for a little bit. Can you just let them sing it over you for a little bit?
And everybody in the room, there's going to be somebody out there today probably you're going to run into that needs you to lead them, to influence them. It might not be your own kid. It might be a kid at the football field. It might be a kid in the neighborhood. It might be a niece or nephew. It might be a grandkid whose parents are kind of dropping the ball. You have the opportunity to influence them. And one of these six things is needed. And I just want to challenge you to obey God's word in that area today so that you can receive God's blessing. So we're gonna, I'm going to pray, and then they're going to sing over you a little bit. And will you just kind of keep your eyes closed and have a one-on-one heart-to-heart with the Lord? Asking God for a blessing, but telling him that you'll obey. Dear Heavenly Father, give our people the courage it'll take to obey your truth. But God, when they obey, I pray that you would give them your blessing and you would just continue to raise up families of strength in our church family. You would continue to raise up kids who love you and know you and want to serve you and want to give to you and want to be plugged into your ministry, want to be plugged into your family and your community, want to be plugged into knowing you better and deeper and falling more and more in love with you. God, I want to pray over all the kids of our church the same thing I've been begging you for for my kids for 10 years. Would you just cause all of them to know only you to never know what it's like to be away from you, to love you more than anyone has ever loved you, and to never know what it's like to live without you. God, would you bless us with that in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening in on the Three Strands podcast. If you've never visited us in person, we'd love to meet you face-to-face. We gather every Sunday, 11 a.m. at the McCreary County Park Building. We hope to see you soon.